Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Hey guys, welcome to Allison's Wonderland, the show that takes you down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. I'm your host, Allison Packard, and tonight's guest is William Chip Beeman. I'm really excited. I met Chip, that's what he goes by. His full name is William Chip Beeman. But I first met Chip during the pandemic. We had a Zoom meeting, and oh my gosh, he's just one of the most warmest, kindest, most open-hearted people I'd met. And Chip and the Help Network, which he is the co-founder and CEO of, have such um, a unique business that offers a, a really interesting service. They help freelancers get work in video games. They also have a subset called the Help, Help Academy, which does workshops in everything from voice acting to motion capture. And um, it's really awesome. So I'm so excited to bring this to you guys. I'm so excited to see some great faces on here. Surreal Imagination Studios, Allison Packard fan, Javinci, Sebastian, you just came over from TikTok. Hey, Emmy, good to see you. Cheddar, bruh. Chris, always a pleasure. Darren. Hey, guys. CNAT. Ah, Nika. Good to see you, Josh. And, of course, the one and only Chip Beeman. So, ladies and gentlemen and people of the, the world, please warmly welcome the one and only Chip Beeman. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks to everybody that's jumping on and joining live. It is so great to see your faces. Hey, it's good to see you. It's good to see you too. How are you? I'm so good. You know, I wasn't kidding about how it's like extreme close up, right? <laughs> right here. Hello. Yes, it's good to see you. Yes, I can. Seems like our connection is good. So let's hope it can stays like that. How was your day so far? Uh, a lot of a lot of doctor's appointments and kind of like took the day away from work and kind of did my own self-care for oh. today. So I went to a therapy appointment, a massage therapy appointment, a uh, chiropractic appointment, a dentist appointment. Just took care of myself today. Nice. And I'm going to spend some time with you. Wisdom Wednesday. I love that. Yeah, I had a really nice day today, too. I just woke up early, which was great. Got my workout in and had a breakfast, which... You know, it's rare that I leave the house these days. It was uh, really a treat. What'd you have for breakfast? <laughs> uh, a big old egg sandwich. Bread that was you, like bigger than my head. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Massachusetts. You're a New Yorker, right? I am. I am. So yeah. when I think of egg sandwich, I think of like a B-E-C-S-B-K. Do you know what that is? No, what is that? B-E-C-S-B-K. It's a bacon, egg, and cheese, a salt, pepper, ketchup. Okay, so this was a bacon egg and cheese, Gruyere cheese, and then it had like arugula, lemon arugula. But the bread was, the bread was fine. You know, it was what like, was there, no, it was like, like I want to say it was supposed to be on chibata, but it was more just like white bread. I mean, sourdough, <laughs> I think it was sourdough. It was, okay, all right. No, but sourdough. you had breakfast, which is good. Most important meal of the day. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I usually have a May shake for breakfast, but today 
was all about that egg sandwich and it brought me a lot of joy. When I was living in New York, that's what I, I mean, I would, when I would go down to the city, I wasn't living in New York city proper, but when I was, when I would spend time in the city, that was my thing. I would go to the bodega and make sure I got a bacon, egg and cheese sandwich. And I was like, am I, am I, you know, my little sandwich. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. That was like the way to start my day. And I I would get a hot chocolate. Most people got coffee. Amazing. Yeah, I, I remember just like my Dunkin' Donuts bagel and like my iced coffee with just a ton of sugar in it. A lot of people chiming in that they're from New York or Massachusetts and totally feeling right. that vibe. Hey, up, Scott, see you. Hey, Jeff. Now, I know that you know Jeff as well, right? Everybody knows I Jeff. Do. Awesome. So I, I kind of wanted to start at the beginning for you. you. Obviously, you grew up in New York, but what made you make the transition to L.A. and get started working in the entertainment industry? I moved out to L.A. in in 95, Mm -hmm. and the main reason was because I was missing family. My two sisters, who are both older than I am, had moved out here and were kind of settled into the California lifestyle and were out here for a while. And I was kind of growing up without them. So, and I'm, you know, really a homebody. I really kind of like being with family and... You know, they had lives out here. I had a nephew, Daniel, who's hopefully he's watching. Hey, Daniel. He, right now, he's, I think he's 26. Yeah, he's, yeah, he just graduated. He's about to get married. I love this kid. So anyway, I, I really moved out here just to be closer with my family. And I was living with my mom at the time. And I basically told her, hey, look, I, I'm going to go out to California. And I'm going to spend a year in California. And if I like it, I'd like you to come out to California with us. I don't like it. I'll just come back and I won't live with you anymore, but I'll just come back because I didn't want my mom living in New York by herself. You know, I have cousins and everything, but I, so I made the move and I, my sister knew Jeff Blattner, who was the manager of the test department for Disney Interactive. Mm-hmm. And my other sister knew, I believe someone at Sony A&R. And I had the opportunity to interview for both jobs, one for being a, you know, a tester and the other one being entry level at a record company. And I just decided that I'm moving out to California. Right now I'm living in, right then I was living in Inglewood, but I was going to be moving into to Hermosa Beach. I'm going to like, I'm going to go work for a game company, you know? So I, my interview was with Jeff and I, I remember it vividly. We, we talked for probably 15 minutes. He asked me, what games do I play? <laughs> I told him I played, I, I want to say it was Wolfenstein and some Disney game, one, one Disney game. I just told him two, two games. And he was like, okay, that's it. I'm like, yeah, I, I really wasn't expecting, like, I didn't know what to expect from the interview. And, and then I stupidly said to him, so game tester, is that like, a, a real job and he went yeah okay and we hung up the phone and he called that was a thursday and he called me on monday and he said you start you start wednesday i got lucky and that's how i got into the game industry <laughs> so it was literally a- it was a coin toss between two jobs and a really really crappy interview and i got very very lucky and started working with some of the most incredibly talented people i'd i've had the opportunity to work with in you know these best 30 years, 20 something years. And what an amazing job. So a a tester basically plays, can you tell us what a tester does? Uh, My job was to 
play a portion of a game over and over and over and over and over and over again just to see if I could break it. And if I did, to tell somebody. That was my job. <laughs> it was no, it was a great job. I mean, I, I worked with some fantastic people. And I played I played some great games. I mean, I, I remember playing Maui Mallard and I played I was a lead tester on the very first Toy Story for Super NES and PlayStation. I was having fun with gargoyles it was a game for you know another game for disney on super nes i mean i really enjoyed the games and the experience and it got me actually as i talked to the producers and the assistant producers and the associate producers that's when i started to learn about the business and yes. that's how i moved up over the course of the next several and and so what did that the, the that next several years look like i spent seven I want to say seven years at Disney Interactive, going from a uh, tester to a lead tester to an assistant associate, assistant and then an associate, then a producer, project manager. Then I got laid off. That was fun. Then I spent three years at THQ, which was a publisher out in Calabasas, working on Abe's Odyssey and Jimmy Neutron, which was probably the worst game I worked on. Great people, horrible game. So I spent three years there and got laid off. And then I got into the audio side of things. I was always, you know, as part of my job, I was always working on the audio side of production. I was managing sound design assets. I was running voiceover sessions, that kind of thing. I was making those deals. And as a producer, I wasn't really the the creative side at all. I never was doing that side. I was always envious because that's another brain that I just don't have or I have very little of. It's, you know, that that creative and artistic aspect is just not something that I have. But I'm pretty good, you know, negotiator and I'm pretty good with spreadsheet and Microsoft Project. And so that's the kind of the road that I took. But when I left THQ, I ended up going over to Sound Deluxe Design Music Group. And I spent nine and a half years there managing their voiceover department. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. And that's where I met the vast majority of of my actor friends these days. So for those that don't know what Sound Deluxe is, do you want to just explain that to our yeah, listeners? It was, yeah, it's a, it was a premiere. It doesn't exist any longer, but it was a premiere post-production audio facility in Hollywood. It rivaled companies like, for instance. And we, as a company, provide, well, there was a larger company above us, but Soundalux Design Music Group was specific to video games and trailers. And we did voiceover, sound design, and music primarily for video games as a service provider. So people would contact us and hire us to be the studio that they would go to. That's so cool. And I enjoyed that job. That was that was a, a lot of fun. I did that for, like I said, nine years. And I mean, I, I got the opportunity to work on some of the most amazing games. But again, I never they're they're so fleeting and they're so fast moving that they they are like, I'm working on Metal Gear. Oh, I'm working on Call of Duty. Oh, I'm working on you know, like I had all these great games, but they were only with me for a short period of a short period of time before they, you know, they went off and and got finished. So I, and I never had that same feeling that I had when I was at Disney, where I was actually in the trenches, working on the game, building the game with the engineers and the artists and the writers and everybody. And so did that, you on the, all the Metal Gears? Did we work? Because I worked on Metal Gear Survive and Metal Gear Salad, the the last two. Solid. Which, so sorry? We, I don't think we worked on the, I don't think, 
honestly, I can't remember. We worked on Revengeance. We worked on, I think we worked on the last three. Plus yeah. The yeah. So I guess we worked together. Hey, we didn't even know. Yeah. Uh, where did we record? That was, I think, recorded at Technicolor. Oh, then that was before. That was after. Okay. Yeah, that, that I think they had it before we took it over. Yeah, we, we stole it from Technicolor. And now, and he takes a sip. So nowadays, you are the co-founder and CEO of the Help Network. And it seems like you've kind of uh, taken your skills that you learned at Sound Deluxe and but also added on some more. Can you tell us a little bit about Help? Yeah. So after I left Soundlux, that was, I want to say, 2000, I want to say 2013, I went over to... Formosa. Formosa had just started a, a division, a, a company there. And Formosa only had like four or five employees at the time. And so myself and this other woman, my partner, Julia, she and I went over and founded Formosa Interactive. So we were employees five and six of Formosa, employees one and two of Formosa Interactive. And wow. we built that from the ground up. It was an amazing journey. Just learning how to build the business uh, and grow it and the, the the personalities that you have to deal with, whether it's my boss or, you know, it's the all of the different people that we had to bring on. But one of the things, or some of the things that I learned is that we wanted to keep our staff small. You know, that makes the bosses happy, right? You don't have a whole lot of overhead. And we ended up having a lot of freelancers and we had just built all of these relationships all throughout, you know, throughout town with all of these fantastic freelancers. Mm -hmm. And once my stint at Formosa was over, we thought this is a business here. We had built so many relationships and it was really hard whenever we were slow to watch those freelancers in some cases suffer because we were giving them so much work. We were a busy shop and we were yeah. giving them so much work. It was hard to to watch them not be able to make ends meet when we were you know, when we had a slow month. So you know, we decided to, to kind of create this business where we are going to employ freelancers as much as possible. So we have no overhead. This is my office. That gets used a lot. This looks, is my home office. Yeah, it's really like you're in a real office, actually. I'm, I'm actually in my garage. <laughs> Let me just you know, before I break anything. My, Ooh, look at those lights. And that's the garage door. So I'm actually is that, in my... Is that a motorcycle or <laughs> you ride motorcycles? I ride that one as of about four years ago, three or four years ago, I started riding. I was doing a lot of commuting back and forth down to the South Bay or down to West LA. And I live in the Valley and that four or five traffic is ridiculous. So I get on the motorcycle, I can do it in 20 minutes and I, I don't... I'm not one of those crazy people on a motorcycle, <laughs> but I, I do it for the commute. Amazing. That's so cool. Fun facts, guys. We're chipping it. Um, <laughs> by the way, if anyone's just tuning in and this is your first time, this show is called Allison's Wonderland. We are a show where we sit down every week um, here on IGTV, and then we rebroadcast the audio later as a podcast. And um, we interview people that work in animation and video games. So everything from voice actors to animators, storyboard artists, chip 
we're still getting to all the multitude of things you've done on the business side. You're sort of the first person with this skill set that we've interviewed. So this is very exciting. So if you guys have people that you think need to be on this stream right now, go ahead and hit the paper airplane button at the bottom and you can send this to them. And if you want more, feel free to subscribe. So help network you know five years after you know being at formosa we, we decided to launch this business we reached out to all of the people that we had been hiring over the course of the previous five years and what was very unique about the time that we spent at formosa was that the more that we tried to help our clients find the things that they need the bigger and better our roster became because our clients would come to us for voiceover and then they'd say, okay, we're going to come in here and we're going to do, we're going to do a, a, a film shoot. Do you guys know any like cameramen? And we're like, no, but we'll find some. Do you know any makeup people? No, but we'll find some, you know? And then we got into localization and we started doing all of these different, all of these different things. So like I said, when we started this business 2018, we had this roster of people that we went to and we said, hey, we're doing this. Would you like to make a deal with us and see if we can kind of see what I can do about getting you work, but you still have to have your own business. Like, I, I don't want to feel bad when I'm slow. Like, yeah. and I don't want you to suffer when you're slow. So you still need to promote yourself, but we'll help you promote yourself. If you partner with us, we'll give you training. We'll give you, you know, we'll give you social media training. We'll, you'll have access to our lawyer that you can ask, you know, questions on a project for us or a project for somebody else. I don't, you will give you a uh, training on how to be your own CFO. You have your own business. You want to know how to run your own business. We'll, we'll help you with that. And we'll promote you. You know, if you're doing something cool, whether it's with us or not, let us know. And we'll get on our social media and tell, Hey, look what Allison is doing. Check this out. You know, <laughs> and we'll hopefully help build your business while we're still helping our clients. So are you kind of like a headhunter or, or like a temp agency? I mean, just I, trying. I shied away from using those terms. I, I don't, I don't think of us as an agent. We don't have any, for the most part, we don't have any uh, formal agreements with anybody. We don't take 10% from your pay or anything like that. Arrange a fair price that you want to get paid. And we go to our client and hopefully that price is low enough that we can go to our client and say, you'll pay this plus a little extra for us. And that's still going to be less than if you went to them directly. And we're hoping to make it up in volume and we have. Them. And do you work on a per project basis or is it more per position? It's, most of it is per project. So, I mean, we have some stuff that's going on with, say Nintendo or Activision or Riot, and they'll come to us with a very specific need. And we hire that freelancer for that need for that project. It's, we don't bring that. Oh, do you want to finish your thought? I was just going to ask, are you able to share some of the projects that you've worked on? Yes, but <laughs> I have to think about it for a few moments because there are some that are still under NDA. Right. And, but I know, you know what I can do? Hang on. Very quickly, I can tell you because I have them on my website. And those I know I can talk about. Some of the projects that we've worked on. We've done some dialect coaching for uh, Riot Games. We've done uh, 
Medal of Honor, Call of Duty, Cyberpunk, Age of Empires, Madden, Crash Bandicoot, one of my favorites, Tony Hawk, Valorant, which is also from, from the Riot Universe. We've done Star Wars. We've been working on Star Wars since day one. This is the old, so those guys have been with us at BioWare forever and they're fantastic. I don't know why they're not on the website. Did you do Squadrons? No. But I mean, those are just like just a handful yeah. of them that we've done more recently. But we've been, like I said, we've been doing this. I mean, we, we put out a new project that feels like every couple of weeks. But NDA life, you know, right? You can't talk about anything. What a fun career. Even so, like even your where you sit in the the process, because then you get to work on so many different things. And you're not just like married to that one game for X amount of years. You can kind of... That's bittersweet, though, like Allison, because there's there's something to be said about those those moments. And I, I go back to Disney, but there's something to be said about digging in and really, you know, I was, I'm very fulfilled yeah. doing what I'm doing. Like this yeah. is, I know this is where I want to be. Right? We're we're definitely 100% helping people, and that's what I want. How Network was, in Final Fantasy 14. Thank you. As well. Thank you, Han. <laughs> Keep throwing them in there. I don't remember. But yeah, but 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 those days back at Disney, there was something to be said about those people who can. And again, I, I'll say that I was kind of jealous about sitting next to those people who are those producers and those writers and the game designers who had these amazing ideas. And it was just a conversation in a room with five people. And the next thing you know, there's a sketch. And the next thing you know, there's a drawing. And, a, and then there's a blueprint. And then there's a Bible. And there's a book. And then there's, you know, playables. I thoroughly love being a part of that environment in this industry. Yeah. And just watching those people work. And I equally, I love watching people who are our artists and, and, and designers and uh, musicians and actors. They're, it's it's something I can't do. So it's really something for me to 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 watch and and see your project come to life it's 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 a beautiful thing that said i love having all these credits <laughs> like i love the fact that people you know keep you know they trust us with their work and their and with their with the stuff that they're put so much effort in and they come to us and they say can you help me finish this can you help me find someone who can do this and i and that's what i do amazing and so help network also has a branch called the health Network Entertainment Academy. Yeah. What can you tell us about that? So when we launched the company, we we launched with three ideas. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do a production arm, which is what I kind of explained. It's a client comes to us and asks us for help for a particular need, whether it's a full production. Can you just take this and run with it? Or can you help us find the pieces? There's a re- recruitment, which is a company, same companies come to us and they say, I need a full-time editor who is going to be a, a you know an employee here at the company. We're having a hard time finding him. Or I need a finance manager or a VP or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we help find them. So that's a little bit more permanent position as opposed to project. And then there's the Help Network Entertainment Academy, which is our education arm. And there we're putting out webinars, panels, classes, anything to help uplift our industry, to help educate people, to help people who are brand new to the industry get into the industry, people who want to hone their skills, you know, people who are have a skill set that is possibly in music 
for TV, but want to understand music for games, or they want to understand uh, their actors who have been working on in theater, but they've never worked on a video game before, you know? And so what we're trying to do is put out these classes and grow. And it's not just actors, it's engineers, it's musicians. We're really trying to broaden up. Right now, it's a lot of actor work, just because that's what we know, and we've done a lot of it. Yeah. But over the course of the next couple of months and years, you're going to see our course curriculum grow uh, and be much versatile and varied. Hey, guys, this is Allison Packard. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that if you like the show, please, please, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. And a lot of your courses are free, right? Some some are paid and there's but there's a whole bunch of we, we gave a lot of free courses. The, the, the general intent here is just to make sure that people are, are learning. You know, we've never, from the very beginning, and this is another mantra that, you know, Julia and I have had, is that we don't need to be rich, right? It, it, yes, it's a capitalistic society and we all want to make money and pay our bills, but we, we don't need, we, we can be comfortable and give back to the community. And some people may not have $175 to take a class, Yeah. right? But maybe you've got 25 or if you don't have 25, we're going we're gonna to have a whole set. Every month we have classes that are 100% free. Webinars that you can take that you can just come and join in and learn something. And where can people find you on Instagram? Jeff, by the way, says your free stuff is gold. <laughs> Actually, Help Network, maybe you can type in um, the Help academy instagram and i'll pin it at the bottom so that people can just go from here and find it because it's help academy right there's the help network and help academy network is the the more corporate side that's Mm -hmm. the production and recruitment side it's not necessarily the focus of the academy the academy is all about the classes cool so if somebody wants to type that in i'll pin it at the bottom so anybody can go check it out i mean can't say no to free resources you can check us out at you know helpnet.com uh, you can see everything that we're doing there. Certainly our, our classes are there. You can buy them. You can get them on Eventbrite. And we have our, there it is, at Help Academy. You can Perfect. link to all of our classes. You can get to all of our classes on Instagram, Facebook. Awesome. And so you also have a program program called SWAT, S-W-A-A-T. Can yes. you tell us a bit about your SWAT team? Sure. So SWAT stands for Specialized Workshops and Actor Tactics. And that's just a really long, fancy way of saying. So what we're trying to do is get, again, up, uplift, up, you know, the uplift the craft of, of narrative writing. And where table reads typically take place is after you've already cast your project, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. I already know who I want to have game or on my tv show or in my movie and here's the script let's all sit around and discuss you know and and go through the script Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is have that happen prior to casting so this is all about making sure that the writing is good yeah Uh, so we bring in we have over 50 i think we have 55 really fantastic actors names that you would know we've said that we you know just as a as a rule we've said that we don't want to tell everybody who those people are but i can tell you that jennifer hale sissy jones and uh sarah amale 
are the co-captains and they're the ones who have the nexus. They are the ones who have the idea. Fifty and I had lunch one day and I was like, I think I can do something with this. And we ended up coming up with this program that we've put out to all of these developers. But basically our clients call us up and they're like, hey, I've got this script. I want to make sure that it sounds good. I want to work out the kinks before we get into casting and recording. Can you help us out? We give them two two-hour sessions. We bring in, like I said, we have 55 actors. So we kind of take a look at your script, kind of understand a little bit of who we've got here, what, you know, what your characters are like. And then we put out a call to the actors who can fill these roles. And we schedule a time for you and your developer and your writers and whoever else on your team wants to hear it. Uh, and they will all come in and sit down and the actors will just read through your script and you can give them redirects and make sure that it all sounds good. And one of the cool things about it is that absolutely allows people to not only hear mistakes in the writing, work out the you know, story beats that just don't make sense, but it allows you to think outside the box. Like I, when I think of this soldier that I've written for, I think of, you know, this, uh, private first class. He is a white guy who is scrawny and he's, you know, just getting into basic training, mm -hmm. right? But why can't that person be female or why can't that person be Asian or Hispanic? And when we have the actors come in, we have, you know, a diverse cast yeah. that will read it that way. And it gets the writer thinking, I didn't have to make it this way. I can make it a different way. I can write it. A different way. So that it does help. That's great. Cause you are a minority owned and women owned business correct right yeah and we're we're just we're doing so much work towards our adi efforts we're we're working with our clients to help with cultural sensitivity and consultants and diversity in the workplace you know we're trying to make sure that we're we're reaching out to the underrepresented and getting them into the video game industry getting them acting jobs or writing jobs or editor jobs or whatever it might be that's amazing. It must feel good to know that you're actually able to make um, an impact. Yeah, I think that's the, you know, I think that's the most important thing is if you're, I mean, it's one thing to say that you want to do it. It's another thing to actually go out there and do it, you know, make the effort and, you know, it can be uncomfortable and you, you'll have uncomfortable conversations. We've partnered with Rickhouse Talent, which is a a cultural sensitivity talent agency. We've partnered with J.P. Carliac over at Queerbox Academy and to talk about issues as it relates to the uh, LGBTQ community, LGBTQIA plus uh, community. And we, you know, if you're not having those important conversations, you're really not making a headway, right? You're, you're just kind of saying, I want to help, you know, putting up a black box on your Instagram really doesn't help it. So we're, we're, we're trying to make an effort. Have you heard of Rise Up Animation? I I know, yes, I have. I don't know much about who they are, but I have heard them. A few months ago, I interviewed one of the co-founders, Monica Lego Katis, on the show. And she that's also their mission to train and educate diverse voices in animation. Could be some really? energy there, maybe someday. Uh, you have you've made a connection. I yeah, uh, one of their volunteers. It's primarily people working in animation on the animator side, storyboard, writing, et cetera. Very few. I think that that's sort of mainly their focus, but I have um, mentored some people. So Rise Up Animation, yeah, I can definitely. Great. 
picture that. So yeah, I mean, so now you are, you've moved into this new role, well, newish, right, since 2018, with help as a CEO executive. And I'm just wondering, have there been, I mean, challenges becoming, you know, the CEO of your own company? Yeah, I would say that one of the, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about before, one of the biggest challenges is, you know, and this was actually happening back when I was at Promosa as well. It's that I've taken on the role of running a company and not taken on the role of building a game. There are people on our staff that help build the game, it's our producers. But I am not that person who is down in the trenches any longer, right? I'm the one who's working on spreadsheets and projects and contracts. And it's so that's that's the, the hard part of being in this role. It's this, it's very business oriented. It's not as creative. I have another creative outlet that is another business that I run, but this is you know, this is where the bread and butter really is. But that's the hard part is like, I kind of miss, you know, really jumping in there and like interacting with the staff and the crew and the people who are actually like, oh. and then of course, you know, COVID. Yeah, I know this is a COVID related sub question. Do you, do you, or did you ever have an office or is it mainly everybody's working remotely? No, we we were never intending to have an office. It was always going to be, we wanted to keep our overhead low. There was no reason to have an office. We we work out of a, a variety of different studios in and around town and elsewhere across the United States and outside of the United States. So there's no real reason. So yeah. yes, it's always been, it's always this. And that's, that's the other thing is because I've been sitting in this room since 2018, I, it real, I do miss the camaraderie that I would have with having everybody over. But that's okay. That's all right. I, I, I still think that uh, what we're doing is more important. If, if now, now, knowing what you know now in your new position, is there any advice you would go back and give yourself when you were starting out? Don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah, I think that's, that's one of the, I, like, I, yeah, I, I think that I have a good time with the people that I work with and all the people I have worked with. But I, I can honestly tell you that I, I stay up at night thinking about this business and how to make it better. And there are times when I just need to take a break. And so many times, my therapist actually has said, yeah. you're doing fine. Relax. You know, don't take yourself so seriously. Just let yourself do what you're doing because you're doing great. You've got a great business. You've got great partners. You're, you've got, you know, great, you know, crew and staff. Uh, so I would probably say, go ahead and do what you're doing. Just smile and laugh. I want to like tickle you right now. So I saw, I actually just signed up this week for this brand new website called Skills Hub, which offers ah. on-demand coaching for voice acting, primarily, I think just voice acting, right? And what? yeah, I, I'm going to hopefully coach because I think it's a great, I mean, well, I, I could and would be happy to coach, but that I'm so busy with my podcast. It would be more about getting coaching specifically for auditions, although it would have to be something that's not under an NDA, I suppose. But um, you have NDAs. I mean, it doesn't have to be. It, it, it could be under NDA. We have a series of NDAs that you have to sign up, and all of our coaches are under NDA. And I shouldn't say our coaches. I'm an affiliate of Bill Savage, Jennifer Hales. Is it Jennifer uh, Hale that started it? Yeah, I tried to reach out to her actually about getting her on the show to talk about this because this was, I mean, I have to say, 
this is such a good idea. Right now, the agencies have all closed down their studios. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, you know, trying, there we go. Okay, I'm going to pin this one now. You can get 10% off your membership at Skills Hub using um, that code that's tapped at the bottom, which Jared could have saved 10%. But but I think it's it's I think it's a genius idea because also you the on demand thing is key because your auditions come in the night before you don't know what you're going to get and you don't know necessarily what time you're going to have to work on it or which ones you're going to need help with or sometimes just having another person in the room I think helps tremendously yeah yeah just <laughs> something about something you know someone it's a great idea so so what else can you tell us about Skills Hub? Yeah, Jennifer. Sadly, Jennifer came to the, came to me with this idea like three years ago, shortly after we started the Help Network, and we tried really hard to come up with the technology, the back end behind it, and we just were not savvy enough. So she went off and did it all her own, and then came back to us a couple of months ago and was talking about what she had put together. And it is right now. I, I don't even know how many coaches are on the site, but I think there's around. I want to say there's probably around 50. There might be more, but these are like, these are names that you would absolutely know. You should go to the, you know, acting.skillsup.com. Yeah. Julia's on there. Jennifer's on there. Chris Borders is on there. We've got so many fantastic directors and coaches and language specialists and dialogue specialists. So many people are on this uh, site to help with anybody who just needs 10 minutes. Like, I just need to brush up. Like, I, you know, it could be I want someone to coach me and I need an hour. Absolutely. You can do it there. I need yeah. 10 minutes. I'm about to go out on, on an audition. This is the perfect place to do it. You know, I, you know, you don't want to spend that, you know, 150 or $200 for somebody who you only really need 10 minutes worth of time. So this is the best site. I mean, like, I can't believe how, and we, we launched it on the 25th of july mm-hmm. nope that was just three days ago of of june yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. and gangbusters i mean so many people are already on everyone's booking time it and i think uh, from all reports that we're seeing on social media people are loving it. that's great yeah i love the idea i can't wait to to try it out yeah, and there's, there's so many other benefits to it. There's a an opportunity board. There's a minute with where you can hear a little bit about each of the coaches, what's important to them, what their goals are. That should have been off. Sorry about that. So there's a, a lifelines. If you like, I just need help and I need it from anybody. Like we have this thing called lifeline where you literally can send out a, a, a mass message to all the coaches and be like, this is what I need. Do you have, I need it today, I need it right now. And that, you know, you'll get answers. So this is just a really spectacular tool. Amazing. Great. Well, we pinned your code at the bottom. If anybody is interested in signing up for Skills Hub, they can click, they can enter that code and you'll get 10% off. So, so just kind of, um, Chip, by the way, are you okay to take a couple questions from the audience at the end? Yes, absolutely. I'll make sure that I don't ask anything too weird but i was also you know i know you're super passionate about cooking and i'm always interested to hear about people's hobbies so yeah is that just a hobby or you know are you like just it's it's a release it's it's how i it's how i cope with the day you know i uh, there are times when i just want to go in the kitchen and just and just cook something delicious so it's what's that 
Come on over. I'll, over. I'll, I'll, I'll cook for you. It really is just a release for me. I it's it's not like I ever have a. It's not like I have a, a real passion for it. Although probably if I wasn't doing, if like the entertainment industry didn't exist for me, I would have gone to cooking school or I would have run a nightclub. Wow. Like I would have done one of the two. I'm not sure which. I think years ago I would have said it because of the, I was a nightclub promoter back in New York. No way. Yeah. Before, before all of this happened, before I moved out here, I had a company and we did DJs, bands, catering, florists, you know, for sweet 16s and weddings. I planned, I don't know how many weddings. And uh-huh. part of that was that I would go into New York city and, and con my way into telling people that I was a nightclub promoter. And, and then I would start the, business by trying to get people to go to the club and next thing i knew i was a nightclub promoter for five years so i i thought that might be what i would do as i got older i would own a nightclub or something but then as i found this kind of love for cooking and just enjoy i just you know i did like everybody else during a pandemic i bought a bread maker not a bread maker a, a stand mixer and made pretzels and all sorts of crazy things and just had fun and it, it was and that's when i kind of realized how much of a, a release it is for me just be in the kitchen and just, you know yeah. and then like i watch all the cooking shows and i'm like i'm plating and i'm like presenting for my wife i'm like yeah take a look at that what do you mean she's like it's too salty i definitely enjoy it oh that's great do you do you have a favorite recipe or your what do you think is your best recipe my family likes my spaghetti sauce i made an incredible chicken pot pie several months back that i absolutely loved i i mean i took a bite and i was just like i will have to keep this recipe the, the crappy thing is i can never remember once i do it like i get on there and I'm like I, I i am a person who tends to measure things but sometimes i just throw things in there and like oh this sounds good this sounds good and then it comes out great and i'm like what did i do i have no idea what i did i can't recreate this so but <laughs> i think the chicken, pot, the chicken pot pie recipe was was one of my favorites and then i did like a French toast. I did a French toast egg um, bacon sandwich. So I, basically it was French toast. Well, French toast egg and bacon. Yeah, which was really good. Jeez. Knew we should have skipped dinner. We have about 10 minutes left of the interview. So let's take a couple questions from the audience. Let's see. This is a great question from the Help Network. Piggybacks on our last thing. If you can describe the Health Network as a food dish you've created, what would it be? Like, come on. If I could, all right. What is it? If a I smorgasbord. Could, is it a uh, all-you-can-eat buffet? An, yes. Thank you. I like it. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet. You can get pretty much anything that you like. I will make it. Make sweet, it all. Big salad. <laughs> There's never anything green. I just want to put that out there. There's never anything green. Christina Yote says, do they cast voiceover for union jobs or non-union or both? Yeah. If I mean, Julia is our COO and she's also a casting director for us and for herself, BS Casting. Uh, J- no, Julia BS Casting. Pardon. But whenever we... Whatever the project is, whatever it calls for, we will cast for it. It doesn't matter if it's union or non-union. We have the ability to. And if any voice actors do not currently have representation, is there any way for them to get in your pool? Or do you mainly go through agents? 
We go through agents, though, if you're non-union and you want to send us information, you can send it to help at helpnet.com, and we will gladly add you uh, to our roster, give them your reel and things like that, of course. But we, we tend to, especially for union work, but not always, we will go to, we will go to agents. Great. Kate asks, what sort of feedback or critique is expected of a video game tester? Are you ex expected to give critique? feedback as well or just break them? it depends on the producer i mean i've worked with a lot of producers over the course of, of the years that i've been doing this when i was a test a tester they wanted we had a bug database a bug is a problem with the game and no, yeah. we would give them what we thought was supposed to happen so if you're if you've got a character that is jumping across the screen and it comes to a block and he can't jump up on the block we, we, we would write, we think he should jump up on the box. We want, you know, they want us to say, tell us what you think is supposed to happen. Give us your real feedback, but also tell us he can't jump up on the block. Tell us what the problem is. But I know that there are, I know producers who just tell, we know what it's supposed to happen. Just tell us what the problem is. Like, don't, don't get into your feedback of, and, and don't expand on anything. What's I don't that? Like this. The trees, the trees don't. Yeah. Don't get into that. Yeah, there are definitely producers who are like, right, why did you choose that song? Just start oh. tearing it apart. <laughs> Especially after you play it for like, you know, hours upon hours. <laughs> that was probably the hardest thing because you we're not playing a very big piece. We're, we're playing not a level. We're playing a section, a very, 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 very small section Wow. for days on end. So it's it's really not like, play the game. Tell us what you're doing. <laughs> play this piece, this one 10 second piece over and over and over. And then would you want to play the game on your time off just to like complete that like desire to finish it? Or you like never play it again? <laughs> it was done. And honestly, to this day, it's still my favorite game. Maui Mallard was the first game. It's, it was a Donald Duck kind of Jack Lord game. And anyone look it up, you'll see it. It's the artwork is fantastic. The music was Michael Giacchino, who I worked with and has then gone on to win Grammys. It's a it's a side-scrolling platformer. It's Donald Duck turns like Hawaii Five-O into a in, into a ninja suit, and he, it's it's crazy. But it was quite honestly, my it's still to this day my favorite game. Yeah, look at a Cole Shadow Maui Mallard. Just look look it up on the internet. It is just a fun game to play. Ninety five, ninety ninety six. Okay, so that answers this question indirectly we answered a couple questions here this is a good question from jeff what's been the most surprising thing about taking things virtual during COVID? i would say that probably when COVID hit we were launching into on like i'm sorry we were launching into in-person classes we had just spent some time actually putting together and actually we shot some commercial with with our instructors uh, and we were literally days away we had jamie mortellaro and amanda wyatt and somebody else i can't remember but we had shot these commercials and we were days away from launching and the lockdown came in and we had to kind of shift gears really really quick over the course of six weeks i think and we put everything online and i think the very first thing that was ultimately surprising for me to see was just the community of of instructors and people just wanting to give to all of the people who are really starving for information 
like, how do I get into this industry? How do I hone my craft? How do I do all of these things? I, I was kind of shocked because I really didn't think that we were going to make a go of it, or at least as quickly as we did. But all of the instructors were like, use me, use me. We didn't charge a dime for any, not a single class, panel, webinar. We didn't charge anything for four months, uh, like May, June, July, August. Probably, I think we started charging in August. Yeah. So for four all of these instructors were just giving up their time. They're like, sure, you use me for an hour. Sure, I'll do your class for you. No problem. Just, I just want to give back to the community. I want to help out. And I think that was one of the most surprising things is that there was it was such camaraderie within the industry and, and people wanted to help our cause, you know, wanted to help the help network and wanted to help me and Julia do what we were trying to do. But they really were just trying to help their fellow man, which was great. That was, and while I, I had hoped that was going to be what would happen, I was happily surprised it happened so well. That is surprising and amazing. That's that's a great I think place to to end. I just have uh, one question that I ask all of my guests, just kind of a silly question, but I'm William Chukeman, and you're watching Alice in <laughs> Alice's Wonderland. Yes, will you do that? <laughs> Would you like me to do that again? I'm William Chipeman, and you're watching Allison's. And if you had a song in your heart, what would that song be called? We're all together. That's so beautiful. I, I think that's what it would be. I don't know how it would go, and I can't sing it, and I can't sing, so don't ask. But I think, you know, we are in a place and a time where we all have to remember that we're all on this planet together. You get one life. You might as well make the most of it. Be happy smile more, laugh more, spend time with family and friends yeah. when you can. Be safe, be kind. So whatever that stills down into a song title, that's what it would be. That was a song. I'll work on it. Tasker gets it. Oh, yeah. But you're going to keep going. It's more of a guitar tune, I think. Well, thank you, Chip, for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody who tuned in live. Thanks, we everybody. We'll see you next time, okay? No next week, I'm actually going to be on vacation, so we're going to miss that. But in two weeks, we have Christina V, a voice actress of Miraculous Ladybug and Genshin Impact, and she's going to be on the show. So hope you guys tune in for that. Thanks, Chip. And if anybody is still down to hang, I'm going to jump over. I'm going to upload this video and then I'm going to go jump over to TikTok and play some music. So find me there if you want. Okay, cool. guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland, where we explore the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. For more episodes of Allison's Wonderland, please visit us at www.allisonpacker.com. See you next week.